welcome to the Seven Figure CEO Podcast, where we talk all things marketing strategies, business systems, personal development insights, and conduct interviews with successful CEOs and entrepreneurs. Learn the exact strategies on how seven figure CEOs market and scale their companies with your host, Chris Rodriguez. Welcome to the Seven Figure CEO Podcast. We have a special guest with us today, Sensei Rick Torres of Integrity Defensive Arts, located in Victoria, Texas. He brings a wealth of martial arts training knowledge. He's been training for 55 years. He's a grow pro client that has been absolutely crushing it. Sensei Rick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah. So for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about your school, how long you've been in business, you know, number of, of students and, and what programs you offer? Okay. Well, uh, our school has been in, located in Victoria, Texas. It actually was an outgrowth of a community project that I did with my instructor uh, where we would uh, teach at-risk kids judo, jujitsu and some competitive karate. Uh, later on, it turned into a business for me. Uh, probably about 13 years ago, I opened my school here officially uh, to make profit, basically. It was uh, a desire of mine to build this business up. So when I retired from my day job, which is as a counselor, uh, to do what I love full time, which is basically to teach martial arts. We teach uh, judo, we teach jujitsu, various styles of jujitsu, as a matter of fact. I'm also an Aiki jujitsu instructor. Wow. Uh, we teach Filipino martial arts and uh, we teach kickboxing and karate as well. Amazing. Well rounded martial arts. That's what I love being able to, you know, teach your community how to defend themselves on the feet and also on the ground. You know, yes, you, you said something there that I that I thought was really awesome was you know, uh, your, your full-time daytime job as, as a counselor. Do you think that that played a role into wanting to do the community outreach and, you know, ultimately your martial arts school as well? Yeah, that's exactly how it started. I actually worked for the school district as the substance abuse specialist. And so I met my instructor through the school district because he was the school resource officer. And so we met for the first time. He had studied martial arts. I had studied martial arts. Uh, but basically, my background was more in Taekwondo and karate. And his was in Shorinru karate and jujitsu. And so the meeting of the minds determined that these kids needed a program that they can go to instead of hanging out on the streets, that they would have a place where they can go to where it was cost free. And we would offer mentorship. Uh, with people in the community, judges, lawyers, I mean, whoever would come and help us. And so uh, they would train with the kids kind of like a senpai kohai relationship where they can look up to these people and use them as uh, examples. And it's been wonderful. Uh, we've had guys go in who have become doctors in pharmacy. Some of them have become physicians, some lawyers. Uh, some of them actually have gone into the police account. I had one who just recently retired, okay? And he started in that program years ago, and he retired from the Victoria Police Department as a lieutenant. Wow. But, yeah, about 13 years ago, I decided, you know, I needed to have something to look forward to in retirement. 
I'm not one of those guys that likes to sit. I hate just sitting and doing nothing because I've always been doing something. So sure. uh, I decided that uh, I talked it over with my wife and we were going to build a school. And actually, in my first school, we actually lived in the school for four years. We had what? an apartment. Yeah, we had an apartment. We, we got this rental property. It was a pretty nice size, right? And so there was an area in the back. And my wife was like, we, we were thinking of buying a house. And she said, Rick, why don't we kill two birds with one stone? And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, we could live here. And I thought, <laughs> damn, that's that's pretty interesting. And so we actually converted a part of this uh, place and we had a two bedroom apartment in the back and it was cool. We lived there for a while and then we kind wow. of got grouped with, with the kids and whatnot, but it was really fun for a long I time. I love that it was her idea too, right? I it mean, was. That, that, that might have, yeah. Yeah, if it was the other way around, might have taken a lot of a lot of convincing. Now, you know, we see this often in like a lot of the martial arts Facebook groups where for some reason there's this stigma of being able to build an actual business so that you can profit and make money. Um, did you ever feel that way going from more of a community-based project to building this business, as you said, so that when you retire, and I always put retire in quotes because people like us, we're not going to retire, right? Like we might work less hard, but there's no just sitting on the couch all day. Um, So were there any issues for you in that transition? Well, in the beginning, kind of, because, you know, I never... In all the years that I taught and practiced martial arts, I had never charged anybody a single cent for their training, right? It was always a community-based project or I was instructed, you know, so transitioning into a business, I guess it wasn't as hard for me because I had already built my counseling business. So I had an idea, but again, it's like trying to compare apples to oranges. These are two different concepts. And so, you know, I... It was more by trial and error that I built the business. Uh, and I wish I would have had some of the tools that I have today back then. Because trust me, I would have built a really, really, really big school. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, talking about building your school, are you predominantly an adult school? Are you predominantly a kid's school? Usually most schools kind of lean towards one or the other, or is it kind of 50-50 right down the middle? Well, it's not 50-50 normally. And I remember one of my mentors telling me, he said, Rick, if you're going to do this as a business, he said, one of the things that you have to remember that your money is going to come from your kids program. It's not going to come from your adult program. And I thought, okay, maybe. Uh, I wasn't really up to teaching kids at that time. I think the youngest student I had was 13. And so, but he told me, you know, you have to have a balance. You can't just do one or the other. You have to make room for both. And so my school probably is heavily more loaded toward kids and uh, young adults. And then I have some older adults, but it's primarily a lot of kids, man. Just a lot, a lot of kids. And it's awesome to be able to see the impact that we have when they, you know, start so young, like one of your students, grad, uh, you know, retiring from the police department. That's oh, yeah. really cool to be able to see right in front of your eyes. So you know, I want to kind of shift the conversation a little bit towards marketing because that's kind of, that's what we do. That's what we really love. Um, you've been a GrowPro client now for a little while and, you know, you've had, you know, some, some pretty good success with the programs. Can you kind of talk to me about 
where were you at prior to, you know, coming on with GrowPro and, and where are you at now? Okay, well, prior to, right, I, I had a fairly reasonably successful school. And then uh, we had a hurricane, destroyed my place. I mean, literally. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so then what happened was I had to find these places to train in. There were people in the community who gave us a place to here and a place there. And finally, you know, uh, my friend Ralph, who is now deceased, he had a karate school in town. And so he let me migrate my students to his school prior to me finishing building it. Right. So we get that done. Uh, school gets built. Everything is going really good. I have a, a nice base. Right. I didn't want to build a big school. And so, uh, but the thing that happened next was COVID. And so Ugh. COVID hit and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Because most of my training is hands-on. You know, how are you going to teach jujitsu when they don't have a partner? How are you going to do this when they don't have a partner? So I had to start getting creative real fast, right? So one of the things I did was I started doing Zoom classes and started focusing a lot of the training into the weapons area of what we do. A lot more Kali, a lot more, uh, you know, just extension weapons from Aikido and from other arts. So um, that worked for a while. But, you know, as anything else, you know, your student base is going to start to drop because people want to be hands on when they're doing this kind of stuff. And so when it was all said and done, you know, we had a we had an epidemic here where everybody had to shut down and it was like, stay shut down for a while. And it was like, oh my God. So when it was all said and done, I probably had 12 students, maybe. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I went from probably having about 30 to 35 active members on the mat to that minimal amount. Mm -hmm. So I tried to, you know, word of mouth and tell my friends and blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't growing the way I would like. And I had bills to pay, you know. Sure. So I got a smaller, I mean, a, a little bit bigger student base, but it was still not where I needed or wanted it to be. Uh, and that's where you guys came in. OK, I, I this ad popped up. And I've been talking to my wife for months about marketing, about things that we need to do different and where are we going to put our money in? And, you know, I, I saw some some ads, I called some people, but I, I wasn't really drawn to it. I, sure. I, you know, I didn't feel that there was a professionalism that needed to be had for what I wanted. I didn't feel like there was that connection with the people on the other end of the phone that I needed. But when I, I saw y'all's ads, it, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian guy. I pray a lot. And it's like, God, show me, you know, because there's so much out there. Just show me. And when I saw your ad, it was like, I told my wife, I said, I don't know why, but this is it. This is it. This is what's going to bring those students through the door. And Amazing. she, yeah, well, she was in agreement. I thought, okay, well, that makes it easier. So we contacted you guys, right? And and me, I'm sort of cynical. I mean, I, I guess just because of my age and the things that I've seen, I thought, can these guys really deliver? Can they? Right. So we hook up with you guys. Right. So we're talking, we're sending information back and forth. You guys are telling me we need this. And I send that. And then you tell me, OK, we're going to go live on Friday. Now, interestingly enough, 
I had left the town to go to Dallas to visit my son who had just had his first child. And so, yeah, he's he's one of my black belts as well. He's multi-trained. And so we were talking and all of a sudden my phone starts to go off and I start getting these leads. Right. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I need a notebook. Right. To write this stuff down. So I kept getting leads and more leads and more leads and more leads. And I remember y'all telling me, call, follow up, make sure that you make contact with these people as quickly as possible. Okay. And we took that very seriously and we still take it very seriously. Okay. So, you know, I'm obviously I'm in session with uh, clients. And so when my phone goes off, let me show you something. We actually developed a contact book with our leads, right? Wow. And so I can go on and on. This, I mean, this, look amazing. at the pages, right? And we have them and we keep this up to date twice a day. And so if I it. can't call, my wife will call and we will really work at getting those people in through the door. And it has worked phenomenally. We have doubled our enrollment. I mean, literally. I love it. I oh, love yeah. it. You know, our our tagline here at, at grow pro and, and grow pro stands for not a lot of people know this, but it stands for growth professionals. And as a, you know, a a fellow school owner, I felt like in the marketing world and the agencies that were targeting martial arts schools, there was a lack of professionalism. And that, you know, is, is really at the forefront of, of everything that we do. And our tagline is that we're going to be your partner in marketing. And I think that you bring up a, a great point is that, you know, we're, we're here to get you that traffic, to get you those leads. We can have automations in place, but nothing beats picking up the phone and calling. And a Absolutely. lot of school owners don't want to do that piece. And the school owners that do are the ones that see things like double enrollments. So great job, sir. I mean, that is, that is amazing. You. I love hearing that. Um, are there any other marketing efforts besides, you know, what, what you're doing with GrowPro that you guys have done in, in the past that have maybe worked for you or maybe marketing efforts that didn't work for you? Well, I'll tell you the ones that didn't work, right? I was accustomed <laughs> historically to have a business that ran by word of mouth. Well, one of the things mm-hmm. that happened was schools started popping up, right? Mixed martial arts schools started popping up boxing schools started popping up. One of my own students, uh, and and of course, with my blessing, opened up an MMA school. He was one of my Mm -hmm. fighters because I also trained MMA fighters here in town. And so he opened up a school, right? I actually let him get a start at my school, which was crazy, right? I'm training the competition, but it all comes back. You know, all that good that you do comes back. So I tried word of mouth and got a little bit. I tried doing the boosting Facebook ads right by myself, got little to no results from that, like at all. And I thought, "Mm, Facebook driven ads eh, not so much. Right. Uh, I tried. Well, not that I tried. I, I talked about with my wife about doing ads, but, you know, having done ads in the past for my counseling business, we find that those ads, usually you pay a ton of money. And you get little to no return for them. 
And so you guys have a system that is absolutely incredible. I mean, it's just, it blew me away. The automations behind the contacts, you know, you guys contacting them, me contacting them. So it's like, we're in their face all the time, (laughs) right? Whether they realize it or not, we're in their face. And so those are the kinds of things, me knowing business that, you know, you don't close sometimes something until you make, you know, three, four, five contacts, but you got to make the contact. And that's the part that I took real, real serious because I'm not averse to picking up the phone and saying, hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm Rick. I'm I'm the guy, you know? Uh, So that component coupled with how you used Facebook as a platform, and that's all we use is we use the basic, the basic uh, Facebook platform. But the way you guys use it was way different than me boosting a post, you sure. know, spending spending some money here and there. So basically, that's kind of how we've done it so far. I love it. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, with 55 years of martial arts experience, 13 years of, you know, having an integrity, um, I, I'd love if you could share some wisdom with our listeners. You know, we have business owners, but predominantly martial arts school owners. If you were to do it all over again, right, you could hop in a time machine, you can go back and, and you were to, you know, relaunch integrity. What's the one thing you would have done differently? Marketing. Absolutely. <laughs> marketing, 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 marketing. You know, we live in a small town, but that doesn't absolve us from doing appropriate marketing. And I think that was the piece that was always missing in my brain. I thought, you know, I have a good reputation as a martial artist in town. So people are bringing me their kids. The adults are coming in. We were in a very visible location. I mean, we were on a on a main avenue or main thoroughfare in our town. Well, when the hurricane destroyed our building, uh, I had to build so I had extra property next to my house. So I built a dojo on our property. The problem is it was one block off the main thoroughfare. Mm. So it wasn't visible anymore. And so that will hit you. When you have that kind of visibility, people are driving by your place all the time. So it's just advertising for free, right? But sure. you're not there. And even then, I should have done some marketing. But I don't think that the tools that we have now are are comparable to what was available back then. You sure. know, back then it was a lot of you know TV ads and phone ads and newspaper ads, and I never saw those things to be very fruitful. Uh, so I just continued to work at word of mouth. But any school owner today that's here, right, maybe listening, if it's going to be a hobby, then let it be a hobby. But if it's going to be mm. a business. Treat it like a business and a business. Yeah, well, it's true. You know, I taught martial arts as a hobby, right? I did it for free. It was community service. But when it became a business, it had to change that mentality of, oh, I'll teach you for free. Come on in while I'm paying the lights. Well, yeah, not so much. You can't go to the electric company and say, hey, I'm doing this for free for them. So I shouldn't have to pay, you know, the electric company bill. Exactly right. And so for me, when I do things with the mentality of a business, I try to stay as much to a business model as I can. And I had to start looking at my martial arts school after all the stuff that went on. I thought, man, I got a lot of competition in town now. You know, where there used to be three or four schools, now there are 10. 
and, and more will be probably popping up because students will become teachers. That's just the reality of it. And so I have to stay one step ahead. You know, yeah. before it was the reputation that kept me one step ahead. It's no longer just a reputation because people will develop their own reputations and do well, sure. right? My yeah. student has a tremendous MMA school and he has a huge enrollment. Why? Because he does good work. Thank God, you mm-hmm. know? Well, yeah. so I have to stay on top of the game and marketing is the way to go. So if I had a time machine to go back, I would have searched for the tools back then that would have been efficient to help me market more. So I don't know. I 100% agree. You know, I, I wrote a book called The Best Known Dojo. Uh, it's, a, it's a marketing book for, for martial arts school owners. And the concept is best known beats the best. Even if you are the best in your area, if nobody knows about you, then you're not going to be able to be successful as a business owner. You know, that is I, correct. I'd love to know, you know, you've got a lot on your plate. We've got this successful school, you know, doubling our enrollments, obviously more students means more effort, more time, more communication. How do you balance the full-time job as a, as a counselor and also the full-time job of owning a martial arts school? Well, I'll tell you the, the thing that has, been the most assistance to me. Number one is my wife. She has been an amazing support system because normally we're scheduling our appointments before the classes start, right? Mm. So we both have to transport from work. And so we have both made a concerted effort to be at the dojo at a specific time, which is usually half hour before we start classes So we can meet everybody who has a scheduled appointment. You know, we have a window to meet with people. And so sometimes we have three prospects at the same time. And so, you know, she'll handle, I'll handle, and we all get it handled well. And then we document, right? We document who's who's coming, who's coming in for the promotional. Uh, We keep a log of the ones that have followed through with coming in for their uh, actual training sessions. And we flag them after two weeks. It's like, well, have you made a decision? You know, you can't just let them continue to come in. You know, you got to put some skin in the game. So uh, she and I both do that. So we keep a, a like an attendance log and we make sure that the parents are aware of, okay, you know, next week will be when your, your promo will be up. And just a reminder that, you know, when we get you signed up, we can also make available the ability to buy these very expensive judo geese at wholesale price, right? We can hook you up with where we get the weapons for uh, our weapons training, blah, 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 blah. But always keeping it present in their mind that they have to make a decision at some point. And so, do yeah. we. you know, if they can't continue to come, I'm not going to say, hey, well, come for free because I only have a, a limited amount of mat space, right? Absolutely. And so if it gets around that I'm doing a lot of pro bono, then that's what I'm going to get. So sure. One of the things my mentor taught me is, you know, if you can't do it for everybody, try not to do it just for one person. Right. Because word will get around, you know, you you brought up something, you know, when I asked, how are you able to to handle both? You said your support system, which is your wife. Right. And I think that, Oftentimes, people will see other people having success and they're like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. 
And you can, but you got to realize what type of support system does that person have to allow them to be able to to reach those goals. And I love seeing, uh, you know, couples uh, because there are a lot of couples in the martial arts industry that work together. And I love seeing those power couples, uh, you know, helping each other reach those goals, which is amazing. So as we wrap up here, you know, do you have any other additional nuggets of wisdom or insight that you'd like to share with any martial arts school owners that are listening right now? First of all, get your marketing in place because that is absolutely (laughs) critical. Second of all, use people who know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's so critical. Use people who know what they're doing. You guys know what you're doing and you do it extremely well. The proof is my enrollment. And number three, don't quit just before the miracle, because sometimes mm. you, know, you got to sweat a little bit. You got to put skin in the game and not just go, oh, it's not working. So, you know, I don't yeah. operate that way. My martial arts training has taught me the complete opposite. You work through it. Whatever growing pains you have, just stick with it and don't quit, because you know what? You'll see the result later on down the line. Yeah, I mean that's our that's our tagline at my school, Gracie Pack. You know, hard work pays off, but you got to put in that hard work. Absolutely. Well, Sensei Rick, thank you so much for taking time with me today to share your story, share how marketing has really helped you turn around since you know the 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 hurricane and COVID. And we're greatly appreciative of your your time and your story, and for being a Grow Pro client. Thank you, Chris. I want to go. Yes, some sir. More. All right, let's do it.